We're kicking off a, a new series tonight called My Kind of People. Look at the person next to you and say, you're my kind of people. My kind of people. We're starting a new series tonight, and it's going to be leading up to Easter called My Kind of People. And we got a couple of surprises uh, throughout this series. And, and uh, um, so how many of you, got, you in here, you've got your favorite kind of people. You've got your, like, you have your kind of people, your friends that, like, they make you laugh. You have your friends that, that, that do crazy things, like your favorite kind of people. They're my kind of people. And so um, you, you, you just have that friend that you look at and you're like, ooh, I love that guy. Like, he's awesome. Like, he's my friend. That's my kind of people. That's my homie. That's my boy. Like, I, I connect with them so easy. That's my kind of people. There's certain types of people that you, you see and you notice and you know, and you're like, we could be friends. I think me and that person could be, we could be good friends. Friends to the end. That's my ride or die friend. Stupid. But, um... So there's these, these certain types of people as well that we love. Like, where's my coffee people? Anybody like you coffee? Yeah, my coffee people. That's, that's my kind of people right there, coffee people. You're my kind of – any sports fans? Sports? My kind of people. Dude, hey, Steph Curry is just plain nasty. He's unbelievably good. Um, uh, anybody, anybody, Andes, Andes. Yeah, my kind of people right there, my kind of people. Anybody, okay, listen, listen. Anybody like church? Yeah, that's my kind, that's my kind of people right there. That's my kind of people. Listen, I need you to listen tonight because we need to get through this. So I need you to pay attention. Please, please, please don't be messing around with the people next to you. I know like you got cake and like, or you're excited, you got your friends next to you, or whatever's going on, but uh, I need you to pay attention, because tonight, we're talking about my kind of people, um, there, there's certain things that you're like, you're like, I, that, that you're like, I, I love that about that person, there's certain things that like, and, and because I love that, and they love that, that's my guy, like, that's my dude, that's, that's my homie, that's my friend, like we, that's my kind of people. Um, have you guys ever like been away from an old friend? You've been away from a friend you haven't seen in a long time. And they like, you get back together with them and you're like, you're kind of giddy. You're like, oh, I, I can't wait to see my friend. Oh, you know, you're like, you're so pumped. You're so excited. You're like, you can't wait. Like I've got a couple friends. I got a few friends like that, that like we haven't seen each other in years. We hardly even talk to each other in years, but we're good friends. Like, here's the deal. Guys can do that. Like, I can, I've got a friend that I haven't talked to since for, for years. But if we were to get together, we'd be like, oh, yeah, you remember that time? Like, hitting each other and telling, making each other laugh and, like, telling jokes on each other and, like, punching each other, calling each other names. It would be like we never, we'd be like never, we'd never separated. We were, we, but, like, girls, you, I don't think you guys can do that. Like, if you guys are separated for a certain amount of times, you're like, Friendship over. The end. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. But people like that, listen, listen, people like that, that's my kind of guys. Like you can get together, you can be, you can not even see each other, talk to each other for a long time and you get right back together and you're like, oh, sponging them in the gut and stuff. Like, man, my kind of people. And so listen, tonight, 
This series, this whole, this, this few, few weeks long, we're going to be talking about this, my kind of people. And, and this series, it's all about becoming the kind of people that God, he looks at you and he says, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I've been looking for. That's my kind of people. And, and I want to be those kind of people. And I want you to be that kind of people as well. So if you got your Bible tonight, anybody bring a Bible? Yes. Throw your Bible in the A-O and wave it like you just don't. Okay. So, brought your Bible. Um, I, and I want to encourage you tonight to take some notes. Because um, here, not just tonight, but throughout this whole series, there's going to be some really good things that are said tonight. And you'll need to know them. You'll need to write them down. You'll need to remember them. So, <clears throat> here we go. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts. The book of Acts 16. Book of Ma- Acts. Max. The book of Max. It's right after John, right before Romans. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, say hold up. Okay, we'll wait. Acts 16. We're going to start in verse 16. You ready? Say amen. All right, so we're going to read a pretty good chunk of scripture tonight. So listen, listen, listen. I need you to pay attention. I need you to listen. If you're, stop, you need, if you're talking, you need to stop it. Uh, I'm going to read a pretty good chunk of scripture, and I, I want you to hear this. I want you to know this because it's so good. It goes like this, Acts 16, verse 16. It says, as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of uh, divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She was a fortune. And so she followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. That's not such a bad thing. But, um, and, and this she kept doing for many days. How many of you guys think that would get old? Over and over, her screaming out, These men are the Most God of the nation! Over, for days. For days. Okay, so... She proclaiming uh, and this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become um, uh, greatly annoyed, turned to her and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that her hope of their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them to the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. And the crowd joined in attacking them. And the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders um, to beat them with rods. And they had inflicted many blows upon him. Them, They threw them into the prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. And we continue. Verse 25. About midnight. Everybody say, about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. And the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open, And everyone's bonds were unfastened. Well, when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. 
But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself. We are all here. And the jailer called for the lights, and he rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought, out, brought them out, and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's pretty awesome. I lost my place. 31. Okay, yeah, 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 thank you. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And then he took uh, them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once. He and all his family. Everybody say all the family. Then he brought them into the house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he believed in God. And I'm not done. But then, it, but when it was day, the magistrate sent the police saying, let these men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul saying, magistrates have sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us publicly. They have uh, an uncondemned Men who are Roman citizens and have thrown us into prison, do they not, uh, and, and do they now want to throw us out secretly? They want to make a secret about it? Paul was like, no, 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 that's not going to work. Let them come to us themselves and take us out. So the police rewarded, uh, reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard they were Roman citizens. So they came and they apologized, say, I'm sorry. They came and apologized to them and asked them to leave the city. I'm excited to preach tonight. I want to encourage you guys to take notes because everyone knows if you take notes, you, you get into heaven. So um, write these things down because uh, note takers are history makers. And I, I, how many of you guys, I grew up in a Christian home. Like I was born in the church pretty much. Uh, actually right next door to the church. I was born in my parents' bedroom and we lived right next door to the church. So I was pretty much born like 20 feet from church. And I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. Um, his uncle that he lived with, that he kind of grew up with, um, was a pastor. My dad actually, he grew up in a boy's home. Uh, and so all throughout middle school and throughout high school. And so he was kind of like a foster kid, kind of like an adopted kid. And so, um, but I went to a church a lot growing up, and, and it seemed like I was in church like every day of the week. You guys know what I'm talking about. These you guys, maybe your pastor's kids, or maybe you've you've been around church like you're in church like every day of the week. Um, I saw recently, it could have been this morning, that someone posted something about like they wish school and church were like flipped, and they go to school Sundays and Wednesdays and church every other day of the week. So who said that? Was it Rachel? I love that. That's my kind of people right there. That's my kind of people. So here's the deal. I was a church kid growing up. I was really, really churched. And one of my favorite things to do in church, and, and one of my favorite things always has been about church, was the music. You guys know what I'm talking about? The music. Like, how many of you guys, how many guys in this room, you've grown up in church? Like, you grew, you've been in church for many, 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 many years. Yeah, like, because you guys are so old. Um, uh <laughs> If you've grown up at church, you guys probably remember some of these like super duper powerful songs that you grew up singing in church. So tonight, tonight we sang some really good songs. Um, but, but when I grew up in church, we sang some powerful songs. Songs like Father Abraham. 
You know what I'm talking about? Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had father. If you don't know it, that's okay. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right on. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys know it. You know it. You know it. You know it. Okay. So here's the deal. Don't you guys know that songs are always better when they have motions to them? Right? Don't you know that? Realize that? Um, like, how many of you guys knew, like, the song, like, I'm in the Lord's Army? Right? I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry. That was my favorite part. I, come on, do it. Never fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's arm. Yes. Or one of my all-time favorites. One, well, listen, this is, this is, this is, one of my all-time favorites is Jesus Loves Me. Right? Oh, man, I love, I actually, I sang that song to Jet in the car this morning, and it, it was, it was fun. Well, he, we, he wasn't, like, worshiping or anything, okay? Like, he was just putting up with my singing. So um, I don't know if you guys realize this or not. Listen, I don't know if you realize this or not, but but worship, like, it's just the singing we do in church is just a part of worship. It, it, it's not all worship. And we're like, you guys ever notice, like, when we sing the right song, everybody's like, that's my jam. Yes, I love, woo! It's good. Like, like girls, like when oceans comes along, you know what I'm saying? Or like the good, good father song. Everybody's like super into that one, right? Like, yeah, God is good. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like we're super pumped. Like that's my jam. I love that song. I can really, really, really worship to that song. But, but the reality is the songs that we sing, they're not for you. They're not for you. They're for him. They're for God. We're singing songs to him. And it's interesting. Um, it, it's, it's interesting. People who haven't grown up in church, who haven't been around in church a long time, uh, a lot of times they'll come into church and I say, oh, my favorite part is like the concert part. I love the concert. I had a guy ask me one time in a church. He was like, does, does, is this the house band? Do they play here every week? Like, it's awesome. I love it. You know, but the reality is it's not a concert. It's not a concert. These aren't songs for you and me. These songs are for Jesus. And lifting his name high. Um, you guys know there, there are many ways to worship. There's many ways to worship. But tonight we're focusing on the, the music part of worship. Because I believe that my kind of people and God's kind of people are worshipers. Um, did you know that your worship is a weapon? Your worship is a weapon. The songs that you sing, the words that come out of your mouth, it is a weapon. And some of you tonight, you don't know the weapon that you have in worship. You've got more than what you know. When we worship God, we aren't doing that to remind God who he is. We're not saying you're a good father to tell God how good of a father he is. We We worship God to remind us who he is. So some of you tonight, you need to remind yourself in worship who your God is. Have you ever guys ever noticed that we whatever you you magnify in your life tends to get bigger, big bigger, bigger? Yeah. Um, for a long time, I wanted a four door Toyota Tacoma pickup truck. I don't know why. I just did. I, I wanted this, and so since since that's what I wanted, since that's what I had on my mind, I saw those trucks everywhere. 
Like when, when you think of, when you're thinking of something, when you're wanting something bad, you see it everywhere. And, and, and it's what you talk about. It's what keeps you up at night. Like <clears throat> you realize <clears throat> when, when you're thinking about problems in your life, you need to realize it's not about magnifying the problem that you have that will create a solution. But it's about magnifying the answer that will bring a solution. See, that's why David wrote in the book of Psalms, he said, Oh, magnify the Lord. Let us exalt his holy name. And when we start our services with worship, we aren't magnifying each one of us. It's not about the people on the stage. If it was about the people on the stage, I would kick them off the stage. That's not what it's about. It's about us singing songs, praising Jesus, and and we're magnifying the God who is the answer, the solution, and reminding ourselves that we're not alone. Can I get an amen? Amen. Your weapon is worship. Your weapon is worship, and that's my kind of people. That's God's kind of people. Uh, Back to the book of Acts. The story that we just read, uh, in the story, um, there's this character named Paul, and, and I love Paul. Like, he wrote most of the New Testament. Uh, but before Paul was Paul, his name was Saul. And Saul, he was actually in the business of killing Christians. He was a Christian killer. Like, imagine this. Like, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament was a Christian killer before he got saved. Before he found Jesus. And the cool thing about Paul's story, and, and, and I think it's, it's in there to remind you that God don't care what your past looks like. He don't care what you've done. He don't care if what your past looks like. He don't care how bad you've been. He don't care how many mistakes you made. God for, can forgive you and use you in spite of you. And so Saul, he was a bad dude. Like he killed Christians. But he gets radically saved. His life gets transformed. And, and I want to encourage you guys to read, read Acts 1 for that story. It's awesome. Um, but after he gets saved, all the Christians, they don't believe it. They don't believe it. And this guy was someone who kills Christians. And all of a sudden they're saying, Paul's a Christian now. He's good. He's safe. You can be his friend. And it's like, do you guys, you guys ever um, play tag? And like you run up to someone and you're like, oh, no, 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 I promise I'm not it. I just tagged them. Tag. You're like, you know what I'm talking about? They were like probably expecting that to be the setup for them and Paul. You know, like, no, 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 Paul's a Christian now. He's all good. Okay, Paul, come on over. You know what I'm talking about? Like, (laughs) they were afraid that he was saying that, saying those things to try to get them to meet up so he could kill him. But there's this guy. His name's Barnabas. Everybody say Barnabas. Barnabas, Barnabas name literally means encourager. How many of you guys need an encourager in your life? You need someone to be like, hey, you're awesome. You're pretty cool. I like your hair. You guys have matching shirts tonight. You look good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you need an encourager. You need someone to be like, hey, man, you're the best. You're the best it's ever been. You What? Steph Curry Who? You can shoot lights out. You know what I'm saying? Like, but Barnabas, like he was a guy, um, everyone needs an encourager. Barnabas, he stood up for Saul, uh, whose name got changed to Paul. Um, But so this guy named John Mark, 
he started helping Paul on these missionary journeys. And even though Paul got radically saved, uh, he, he never lost his personality. He never lost that personality. Like he was still a tough dude. He, he was passionate, he was bold, he was strong. And how many of you guys, you have that friend who always kind of gets you into trouble? Don't point fingers, don't point fingers. Paul was that guy always getting his friends into trouble, right? He was that guy. And so they're on this missionary journey and, and John Mark, he's like, he's, he's, John Mark was like, I just, I just want to go home. I'm tired of this, Paul. You keep getting us beat up. Like, I want to go home. And he's, he's that, John Mark was that friend that stays the night at your house and like middle of the night, he's like, I'm calling my mom. My mom's coming to pick me up. Like, and, and so Paul, Paul, he's upset about this. Like, he's mad about this. He's upset. And so, <clears throat> so John Mark leaves. And so this is where we meet this guy named Silas. And Silas, he's in a few different books of the Bible, but the only real story that we have that, that's really clear is, is in Acts 16 about Silas. So, so Paul, he's like, come on, Si. Come on, Si, let's do this. Let's go. You're with me now. John Mark left. He's a big baby. Um, and, and so you're with me, Si. Let's go. Let's get out of here. And so the Bible says that they start preaching, and God starts moving in a mighty way. And one day they're preaching, and there's this girl who's demon-possessed. And she's got this gift, if you will, uh, of darkness, of, of telling the future. She was a fortune teller. And these people were using her demonic gift to make money. And as Paul and Silas walked by this girl, um, this girl recognized God inside of them. She recognized, like the Bible says, the Bible says this, that even demons believe and they shudder at the name of Jesus. You better know the devil believes in Jesus. And so the Bible says that everywhere they went, this girl, she shows up on the scene. She walks up on the scene and she's screaming out, these guys are Christians. <clears throat> and they know the real God. And like she's screaming out. And so for days, for days, she followed them just screaming that out over and over. And these guys are Christians. They follow the real true God. She's screaming it out. And the Bible says that Paul, he finally got annoyed. Like he was like, I'm done with this. And so the girl, like she's screaming, making a, making a racket, making a noise. So Paul gets so annoyed that he turns to her and it looks right in her direction, looks right at her and says, spirit, come out. And he casts the demon out of that girl right there. How many of you guys would have liked to have been there? Not me, dude. That's, you ever been around demon possessed people? It's creepy. So. So what happens? The spirit, the evil spirit leaves her and she's free. And so now the business these people had of using this girl as a fortune teller, it collapses. It's done. They have no more business. Like they're out of business. And so you don't understand, guys. There, there's power in your worship. There's power in your words. And so these people, they're mad and they grab Paul and Silas and they're angry. And they find themselves, Paul and Silas find themselves getting beaten and flogged like this is real persecution like they're really really facing bad things they got beat and flogged and it's not like something somebody saying something mean about your instagram picture 
that's not persecution. Like, this is the real deal. These guys are getting beaten, and they get thrown into prison. And these guys did the right thing, but it led to the wrong place. They did the right thing, but it led to the wrong place. And I wish I could tell you guys tonight that following Jesus will always lead you to happy places. Rainbows and unicorns. I wish I could tell you that. I wish like double rainbow. No way. You know, I, I wish I, that would be awesome. <clears throat> I wish I could tell you that following Jesus means that you're you're set for life, that nothing bad happens in your life, that you're going to meet that perfect someone. Or, and, and life is all good. Like you're going to have a million dollars in your pocket. Somebody say amen. amen. Unfortunately, that's not true. Because following Jesus means that you're going to be willing to follow him wherever he goes. And the thing about Jesus, he doesn't just go somewhere. Jesus kind of tends to go everywhere. Right? And and if Jesus goes to the mountaintop, will you follow him there? Yes. I want to go to the mountaintop. I love that place. Will you follow Jesus to the valley? But let's just stay on the mountaintop. I, I like it. It's it's cool. It's nice. Like I, I love the snow. Like I don't want to go in the valley. Let's let's just stay on the mountaintop. See the the call of Christianity. To be honest with you guys, it's a dangerous invitation. It's a dangerous invitation. It, it's a dangerous wild adventure. Who likes adventure? Oh man, I like adventure. That's one. I love being a Christian. Every day is a new day. It's it it can be new every single day. It's wild. It's an adventure. It's it's awesome. And like I don't understand boring Christians. Like obviously you've never read the Bible. Ever. Christianity is not boring. And and I've been on this personal myself um, talking about being being um, I guess kind of. non-boring, like being on an adventure. Um, I, myself personally, I've been kind of on this journey of praying these big faith-filled prayers because I think God's like, that's my kind of people. He, he wants us to pray those big faith-filled prayers. And I think sometimes we tend to pray weak, powerless prayers because we're afraid that they'll get answered or, or we're afraid that they won't get answered. God, send me to Africa. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll go be a missionary. Maybe. Maybe. Like, we, we pray these weak prayers, and sometimes we like, God, I'll do whatever for you. Maybe. If, maybe. You send me to New York. That'd be awesome. Like, let's go to California. Sunny sunshine, beaches, mountains, whatever. You know, like, we want to send, we want God to send us to the, but, I think God's want us to pray these big faith-filled prayers. Um, I, I, this past Sunday, I, I, I prayed for a couple of people in church, listen, who had some, some big issues. They had some big issues going on in their life. And, and I didn't say, sit there and say, well, God, if it's your will, then you could heal this person. Let me ask you guys tonight, does God want to heal people? I don't, I've no, I've stopped saying, God, if it's your will, I'm saying, God, I know you want to heal this person. God, I know you want to do big things. God, I'm standing here with big faith right now, believing in that mighty name of Jesus, that you're going to heal this person 
right now. Somebody say amen. Amen. So I've started saying these big prayers. God healed this person. But, But what if they don't get healed? Oh, man, but what if they do? That would be pretty wild. That would be an adventure right there. That would be awesome. Like, I, I prayed for a lady one time at, at our church in Joplin, and, and I, I was praying for her. She came forward, and I prayed for her, her back. And I was just sitting there praying, and honestly, I think I was praying a weak prayer. I was like, God, well, if you want to heal this lady, then you can. I know it. And then, like, she looks up, and she goes, I'm healed. And I'm like, are you serious? We need to pray big, faith-filled prayers. Yeah, what if we get a little bit embarrassed? And what if God doesn't heal them right there in this moment? Oh, but man, what if he does? Wow, that would be so awesome. So these guys, back to our story, these guys, they got beat up. They, they're, they're so beat up. They got thrown in prison and, and they called out a demon. Like they called this demon out of this girl. And, and it's just average day in the life of Paul. You know, it's like, it's what I do. I don't know. And so you need to know this. You know, I want you to write this down. Every great opportunity will come with great obstacles. Every great opportunity will come with great obstacles. See, the bigger the vision, the bigger the walls of opposition. Can we have our band go ahead and come up and get ready? See, it appears that these guys, they're in the wrong place. (coughs) Excuse me. It appears that these guys, Paul and Silas, are in the wrong place. But listen, you need to know this. I'd rather be in the wrong place with Jesus than be in the right place without Jesus. I'm going to say that again. I'd rather be in the wrong place with Jesus than be in the right place without Jesus. Somebody say amen. Honestly, what appears to be the wrong place might just be the right place. Because the right place is simply wherever Jesus wants you to be. You might be like, I hate my school. It's the worst. I hate my home. It's terrible. Sometimes the wrong place could be the exact right place where God wants you to be. What if the place you think is so wrong, like where you you feel alone, where you feel accused, you feel abandoned, the place where you feel uncomfortable and you feel uncertain, <clears throat> the, the place where you feel isolated and you feel afraid. What if, what if God has you there for a reason? What if the place that appears to be the wrong place is actually the right place for your life? See, these guys are in prison. They're in the inner prison, the, the middle, the innermost parts of the prison. And they've got guards watching them 24 hours a day. They're in a dark dark place. They're in a bad place. They've been flogged. They've been beaten. They're in pain. They've been beaten so bad by rods that the the skin on their back has been ripped open. It's like someone took a cheese grater across their back. Like their, their feet are in chains. They're in constant pain. Every time they take a deep breath, the, the scabs keep opening up and they're in so much pain and they're in prison. What can you do when you're in prison? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Let me tell you what these guys did. The Bible says, verse 25, that right about midnight, Paul and Silas, they begin to pray and they begin to sing to God. 
See, that doesn't seem like a very good moment for an all-out concert, right? Like, I, I know this. In your hours of darkness, when it's, when it's looking bad, God will give you a song as a weapon to praise through the hard times. I can see Paul sitting there saying, hey, yo, Sai, 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 wake up. We got to do something. And Silas was like, what can we do, Paul? We've been beaten. We're locked up in prison. I'm still bleeding back here. Like, like, Sai, we got to do something. And the Bible says, late in the midnight hour, like these men were beaten, they were in flogged, they, they were flogged, they were in a place that appears to be the wrong place. They start a worship concert. They start singing praises to God, and then other men in the prison begin to sing. Suddenly, there was an earthquake. You, you guys ever been to a party or, or a dance, and the DJ's just playing some bad music? You know what I'm talking about? Just playing some bad music. Then all of a sudden, he plays that one song. And you're like, oh, yeah. That's my jam. Next thing you know, you're on the dance floor. Probably shouldn't be, but you're on the dance floor because your song is being played. I picture, I, I picture it like this. I see these guys singing this, this song. <clears throat> we don't know what it was. They didn't give us the lyrics or the name of the song. But as they lifted up their voice, the earth began to shake. Suddenly, people were set free. God, I, I, God was like in heaven. He's like, hold up, wait a minute. This party was kind of stale. But then the DJ just dropped my favorite song. And now this party is kicking. Like, this is my jam. And God's like, this is good. And so like, he's on the dance floor. Like, this is it. This is it. This is my jam. And then everyone, everyone is set free. Everyone. See, God, God, he, he's, I want everyone to stand. See, God, he's given you a weapon. He's given you a weapon called worship. <clears throat> And when you worship, when you all out, like fully abandon worship, you, you leave it all on the line, like you, you give it all to Jesus. I think God looks at us and he's like, that's my kind of people. That's my kind of people. They don't care what everyone thinks about them. They're going to worship no matter what. That's my kind of people. And, and you can find freedom just like Paul and Silas did through your worship. See, the cool thing about this is that they begin to worship. <clears throat> they weren't the only ones who were set free. They were the ones singing. They were the ones leading the songs. They were the ones uh, singing the song. I, I imagine that Paul probably wasn't a very good singer. Just guessing. <clears throat> but their song, their worship, set everyone else free. Freed people, free people. I, I, I kind of like that. That sounds like something we would say around here. Freed people, free people. I want everyone to come to the front. Because since I've been set free, <clears throat> since I've been set free, 
it's now my responsibility to help others be free. Since you've been set free, it's now your responsibility to help others be set free. See, our, our, our worship, our worship, it doesn't usher in the presence of God. The presence of God is already here. Our worship helps us realize that we're still always in the presence of God. He's always there. He's always with us. And, and worship can turn the wrong place into the right place. I don't, I don't know what kind of place you're in tonight, but I, I believe if you're in a situation that seems dark, you seems de- it seems desperate, it seems dead, whatever it is, like you're going through some things in your life tonight, worship can turn the wrong place, the wrong situations into the right situations. It's a strong, strong thing. And, and I don't know about you tonight, um, but I believe that God, he's just called us to just take a moment and to just worship tonight to just worship to just take a moment shut everyone else around you if you got to close if you got to close your eyes do it don't even look at the person next to you look straight ahead look at the floor look at the backs of your eyelids whatever it is close your eyes don't mess around with anybody next to you because your worship tonight can set you free but wait a minute your worship tonight can set the people around you free as well. Just like what happened with Paul and I want to feel the earth shake tonight. A couple of weeks ago we had we were doing the monkey dance in here with a whole large group of people and Debbie was in the back of the room and she was like oh, like people were jumping like the don't okay don't like don't cave the floor in. But you, you know what I'm saying like I want God to move so strong that we're like whoa hold up, something's happening here, but I like it. Like, it's good. Um, tonight, we're just going to take a moment and we're going to worship. We're going to tell God how good he is. We're, we're going to sing praises, not for us, but for him. And that's what we're going to do. We're just, that's how we're going to end tonight. Uh, here, I do have this to say, um, it looks like standing behind you, our leaders, if you're a leader, raise your hand. Our leaders are standing about right behind you guys. If you want prayer, if you need prayer for anything tonight, you know what? If you're in this room and you don't even know who this Jesus is that we talk about, that we praise, that we worship, the one who's our savior, our healer, our, our friend, you don't know him tonight and you would like to, grab one of them. As soon as we start singing, grab, don't wait, don't wait, grab one of them. If you need prayer about anything, grab one of our leaders and say, would you pray with me? I'm going through this. I, I, my life is a mess. It's, it's bad. Pray with me. Be, but, but, but first, before you go there, I want you to all out worship. I want you to all out worship. Close your eyes, shut everything else around you. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Focus on his goodness. Think about the words that you're saying. Man, he's a good father. And think about that, that freed people, free people. I'm going to pray and, and we're going to go. We're going to worship all out. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for speaking to our, our, our hearts tonight. And God, I, I thank you that through our worship tonight that we can be set free. The words we say, the words we sing are powerful. And God, we sing them to you tonight. Thank you for your presence in this room right now. Right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.